This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Central Time, June the 11th. I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the twice-weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. And we really thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Today's podcast is Heart of the Matter. Uh, Today is the May I question mark edition. I'll explain that in just a second. First, I want to talk about, uh, so I'm looking at some of the, we actually have download numbers. So we have people have actually downloaded and are listening to the podcast. And I think that's great. And I want to thank everybody for that. And um, so I've been looking at the the download numbers, of course, like a, um, an expectant father, you know, getting really excited about, Ooh, they downloaded the podcast. They're, They're listening and paying attention. So all of this work is starting to pay off a little bit. And I have noticed that the Friday edition, usually the when we do the uh, Heart of the Matter episode, is not getting as many downloads as the Saturday edition. And so I don't know if it's people are just accustomed to downloading the Saturday edition and ignoring the Friday, or if the Friday edition doesn't appeal to them as much, because I know most of the time on Saturdays we do have a guest. Um, but I will be looking at that to make sure that if... Uh, to adjust the, the show as accordingly, because we want to make sure that the content is valuable to you. And if you're not going to, li- if you're not listening to it, then it, it is of no value to you. It's not we're not just doing it because we, well, we are doing it because we enjoy doing the show, but we're also trying to make sure that we provide some a good service for you. So thank you very much for those who are tuning in. And if you get a chance to um, make a comment on the show, do, because uh, I'm going to pay attention to that. And it will help make sure that the show is better for you. So when I talk about the May I edition, I am talking about the propensity for uh, tech companies to make changes and not tell you that necessarily tell you that the changes are coming or give you any warning. And the next time you log into your software or you open up your program, it's changed. It's different. Um, and change isn't always great. And um, so we're gonna we're gonna address the may I part of it a little bit later. There were a couple of things I wanted to get to beforehand. Um, so of course, <clears throat> I, I do a lot of news, tons of it, tons of it. And I ran across this um, uh, situation. Huffington Post is one of the, and you can look down in the, the scroller at the bottom if you're looking at it. If you're listening to the audio, Huffington Post is one of the newspapers that I grab headlines for and put into the scroller. Because um, I, I think those news stories have some value. So I usually read the story and thought it had some value and uh, wanted to share that story with um, the viewers and listeners. Um, so Huffington Post, um, wrote a story. And and if you, if you, if you use Huffington Post, um, you'll recognize what I'm talking about. If not, what happens is you go to Huffington Post and they'll have this big headline, uh, of the story that they're featuring. You click on that. It'll take you to another story. It'll take you to the story. And that there's another headline with a little more description and then a subheading under that and then the story. So here is the, I I click, I select Huffington Post. I go to Huffington Post. This is the big blaring headline. Grim, GOP screaming for more AZ style conspiracy audits. Grim. GOP screaming for more AZ-style conspiracy audits. So I'm thinking, you know, screaming, you know, in a headline, there should be some literal screaming 
This, this should, that should not be hyperbole. For me, I don't want hyperbole. I want the article to be, to try to get as close to reasonable as possible. Now, with that being said, I realize that our public discourse over the last four, five years has changed significantly. Has changed significantly. And so the way in which news organizations have to cover information has changed. It is now slightly different. And they may feel that it's necessary to try to uh, inform people by using headlines that, are, that they feel are more descriptive of what's going on. So anyway, I gave you the initial headline to click on to go to the, the article. So the headline for the article reads, Republicans push to export absurd Arizona-style election audits to other states. Then a subheading, and we haven't gotten to the article yet, then a subheading to get add more context to the heading. Uh, GOP lawmakers from Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia want to conduct unnecessary conspiratorial audits of the 2020 election in their home states. Hmm. Now, words like conspiratorial, unnecessary. Right. To me, feels like that, that you've made a judgment call. <clears throat> Whoever created the headline made a judgment call on the efforts of these GOP efforts and uh, the story. So now, is it the place of the news to give, to use words that can be interpreted as an opinion? You're asking that question. Is that ethical or is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. I, right off the bat, I would probably say no. Uh, but where we are today, it's like journalism is, is not the same. And I think uh, what used to be certain lines in the past now have kind of shifted a little bit. <laughs> and so what used to be definitely across the line. Now it's kind of like almost the norm, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Things like that. Now, that doesn't mean it's right, but, you know, that's where we are today. So, so I don't know if you remember that whole discussion going back, whether the news agency should point out that the former president was lying. So there was a big debate about within the news industry about whether they should use the term that he was lying and so my initial response was or my, my initial take on it was no they should not be in the business of calling the president a liar they should be reporting the facts and allow the people who consume the news to determine if the president was lying or not so if the president said something, you report what the president said, and then you can report whatever information that you believe either contradicts or supports the president's statement, leaving it up to the individual to determine if the president was lying. So you never call him a liar. You just print the president's statement and then print other facts pertinent facts to the story so if he said Correct. you know if he said the um, there was good people in the crowd <laughs> then you don't call him a liar and say he lied these are the people that were in the cloud you crowd you just say president says there was good people in the crowd and here's a makeup of the people that were in the crowd white supremacists you know killers rapists whatever Sure. Um, sure. And then the people who read the story then look at it and go, 
ah, I see. He's obviously lying. And the, and the the news agency never gets out and and appears to be making a judgment call. Well, but even if you said those words, would wouldn't that be considered judgment? What words? Um, what did you say? What describe those people again? Uh, how, how was he? Rapists, white supremacists. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, when you have to kind of verify somehow that those were actual facts. Well, white supremacy, it's not hard to, de to determine white supremacy. There are people who believe that whites are supreme and they are part of groups that, that put forth that ideology. That's, that's easy to identify. So I don't... So did you name the groups... To, right, to and, you, and you would say that, that, that these people are part of XYZ groups. Okay, okay, yeah. Rather than just throw the label out there. Right, right. Sure. And so then I think if they don't say it's a lie, there are people who aren't going to read the story. And if you only put the facts in the headline people are going to mistake the story they're not going to go some people are not going to go through the story and get to the understanding that the president that former president lied or that the people in the crowd were um, not really all good people so so the news has a responsibility to inform us Mm -hmm. And and they're having a difficult time finding the best way. I mean, they've settled on a way, but they're finding that a difficult road to do that because. Go ahead. Well, I mean, right now with with the divide that we're in, it's it's hard to make. It's just hard to make points in general and to do it in the correct way without appearing biased it, it, you always walk in a line you're exactly. always walking a line with how you say things and you know it's a constant battle and so here's here's the issue that I'm that I saw it's, it, it came to me and I was thinking about it when I when I read this when I went through these three headlines and got to the story what if what if all of these GOP efforts, so we know that the president, the former president, called the press the enemy of the people. A lot of the Republican Party followed on to that. Okay. Over the last five years, there has this, been this constant barrage of craziness. And craziness is a judgmental word. Yep. There has been this tendency for inflammatory uh, jargon to come from the Republican Party. So in order to inform the public the news agencies have had to do some adjustments in how they report the news. And it makes them appear that they're not reporting the facts, but appear to be judgments. So you got a president saying that these, that these news people are not reporting facts, that they're reporting judgments, and then you've got a party that's ensuring that whatever they say, while you're reporting it a different, you know, the way you have to to report it, it appears like you're using judgment rather than stating facts. 
Well, yeah. I, I guess the question is, how can you make the point with or without facts, without them saying that you're being judgmental? It's, it's Right now, people just see things the way they want to see them, hear things the way they want to see them, hear them, and it, it's so difficult to walk that line and, and get your point across. So I, I clearly understand what you're saying, but I don't know. It, it's it's crazy nowadays. So, <clears throat> so I, I think I think journalists are in a real battle for their profession. Um, I think part of it they brought on themselves. Yeah, and and a part of it is built into the job. Hmm. So people are going to question you no matter what, how you report things because they, they have seen life in a different light than you're reporting. And so now they're reading your story and because they don't all have the same experiences in life that you have, they may not have, they may not get out of your story what you intended to, to give them. So, so it's not always just easy to report the facts. And I, you think that, that, that it's easier, but every word that you use can be seized upon by someone and, convert, and misconstrued. So regardless of how you try to word it, they, people can see what they want to see in your words. Yeah, that's the biggest part of the problem. And no matter how you word it, they're going to hear what they want want to hear, or they're just going to automatically say, oh, fake news, fake news. <laughs> so it's, it's difficult. Right. And so I, 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 it is, I don't want to say it's an, a non-enviable job. It is a tough job moving forward it is tough and i admire those people that are even willing to take on the task um there are so many podcasts and um, videos that i run across where people don't even attempt to be to be factual or they don't they don't attempt to be objective they're they no. they say what they're saying to be inflammatory to get people to be riled up to and i'm talking about um all across the ideological spectrum uh you know people do you see a lot of people that do entertainment news or entertainment segments pop culture stuff and you know, they, they just say some of the most inflammatory stuff. They make statements that they can't support or back up. Um, they speculate about things that they have no proof to speculate, even to even speculate on. Um, and, and, and that seems to be to, to go to our society and how we, we are moving to process information moving forward. Hmm. So what do we do? How do we make journalism uh, focus on the facts, get the, get the story out so that whoever reads it is going to read something that they can actually believe? Being con displaying it as facts and and hope that everybody will say this is valid accepting this information how do you do that okay so here's my take on that uh, i'm glad you asked <laughs> <laughs> so um my intent is to provide you the the viewer the listener with information as objectively as I possibly can. Okay. I've said that. I'll, I'll keep saying that. 
And yes, there are going to be words that you're going to hear that then make you question, is he continuing to do, to, to stand by that? Mm. And what I think has to happen is that when you hear something from me that you believe is opinionated over facts base, then re-examine it. I have to build up trust with you, with people that hear the information, that I'm not adding my personal grievances or likes and dislikes as I cover something, as I talk about something. And I think that that's the way the press has to be. They're there to, so, so the, the question is always, well, they're gonna have their own biases. When you talk about something, you take into consideration what your biases are and how your words may be taken. And so you try to word it in such a way that you avoid adding your own biases. So when you hear it, when you, when you read a journalist's words, when you uh, listen to a journalist on uh, the evening news or um, a podcast, and you start to believe that that person has interjected their own personal beliefs and you know that their intent is to not do that, then maybe you have to re-examine how you're hearing it and to see if there is another way to look at that so that you can eliminate that they're providing you with their own personal biases and see that what they're do trying to do is provide you with information as uh, bias less as possible does that make sense oh yeah absolutely sure yeah when i listen to um people speak podcasts news uh announcers or whatever i really try to listen to not only what they're saying but how they're saying it because i feel sometimes you can uh detect bias in the way things are, are coming being said so i i think it's a challenge to the speaker to say things in a manner that will direct people toward uh objectivity and not subjectivity and i don't think that's very easy but and i commend uh the journalists that can can do that and then i think Different people are going to see those journalists in different ways, regardless, though. For oh, exactly. Example. And and that was why I was saying, um, if you know someone is is purposefully trying to avoid displaying bias in their information, however they present it, audio, video, mm -hmm. writing, um, Sanskrit, uh, Skype, Skype writing, whatever. Um, if you purposely know that they're trying to avoid that, they've uh -huh. made that clear to you. And journalists, the job is that then it is contingent upon us, the consumer, to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, if we notice that we believe they've crossed that line. Yes, there are going to be journalists that have cr that crossed that line. That's, you know, people are people and they're going to make that mistake. But the thing is, is that, yeah, there's, there's a dual responsibility there. The responsibility of the journalist to properly encode or create their, their, their content. And then the responsibility of the consumer of that content to try to understand what they're seeing and hearing and to get the facts from it and not assume that it's all um, an attempt to color things based on the uh, journalist's point of view. Exactly, yeah. I've been listening to this particular journalist um, 
for a, a while and the more I listen to him the more I can detect him attempting to be unbiased and present things in a manner that um, that are fact-based and also wanting you to see things as unbiased as possible without him interjecting any bias even though his mannerism comes across as you, it may sound like opinion but when he presents it in a certain way you have the op opportunity to see more than one side mm -hmm. and that that takes us us listening ability to to see both sides and say okay I can see where he's coming from, but I can see where other people will have different opinions. And then you have to listen. You have to weigh all that out, all that out, and say, okay, well, this is this is how I see it. Not because he sees it that way, but because it may make more sense. It may be more fact based. And and sometimes it's not all facts. Sometimes opinion is heavily weighted into a conversation because okay. that's where you know it for example he was talking about uh, some late well some lady called in and she was saying she was an asexual lesbian or something and he went into the conversation he didn't even he didn't even give a definition his whole thing was respect this person for who they were for who they are and uh, and that's basically your job not to judge them and i said okay you know i still don't know what that means but i get the point <laughs> by the time you you weigh that all out you still might not like a lesbian but you know that you still should respect them and accept them for being a person understood and that's that's good enough <laughs> so so you, I, I, you, you seem to have taken great pains to not mention who this person was. So, do you plan on keeping that private? No, no. Matter as a matter of fact, we we discussed we 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 brought him up in a conversation of uh, a while back. His name is Chris Cuomo. <laughs> he does. Do you have he, any he, clue? He 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 seems to try very hard to be as unassuming or unbiased as possible, as reasonable. Um, he puts in an effort. Huh? He puts in an effort. He puts in, he puts in an effort. He puts in an effort. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree with you that I think he, I think he does a good job of trying. I think he, he does a... Um, I think I think there are so many that do. Um, the difficulty is uh, that so so one of the things that I've tried to avoid is commenting on. I, I could give a I could care less. I could care more. I could care more <laughs> about a Cardassian. Okay, I, Cardassian news does means zip to me. Nothing. Because uh, I don't get into that, you know, um, and I've mentioned the Cardassians before. I, I think for sure I've mentioned sure. Kim. Um, yeah. But I, I don't, uh, I don't get into pop culture things, because that's usually, uh, you know, I like this person, and so uh, I will have good news for them and that kind of stuff and their influencers and their all of that and I don't I don't get into that you know if if but but I ran across this article today a little to do with journalism it's little to me is I I don't want to say um entertainment news isn't journalism it's just not the kind of journalism I give a care about right it's just I'm not the kind of journalism that. I care about so, but I ran across this, and, and so I have worked diligently to avoid getting into um, 
what happened in so-and-so's marriage and what happened in so-and-so's relationship and who's having beef with who and uh, who was on whose record. None of that matters to me. Uh, and, and usually when I look at pop culture, it's, it's so like I've gone in about the way that people have dressed on the red carpet and I've gone into, but that, that to me is more how we as a society choose to uh, behave around each other and you mm-hmm. know, what, how we show respect to each other. So it's not so much the um, social aspect of it, the, um, but I ran across this article today, and this was actually in uh, the Huffington Post. It was one of their trending. Uh, they had so they had these trending topics, and so this was one of their trending topics. And as I said, I've tried to keep that social media or that that yeah, pop culture stuff out of out of what I talk about. But go ahead. No, I'm just saying, we, we, we try to avoid uh, too much pop culture. Yeah, too much pop culture. And so this article is about Kim Kardashian, but it, the reason I bring the article up is not because she's a Kardashian, but because I thought this was insane. This, was, this is why I don't care about pop culture articles. So the, type, the, the headline of the article is Kim Kardashian is no longer bound to Kanye West, but still wishes him a happy birthday. So yeah. now two is the number two. Kim Kardashian is no longer bound, number two, Kanye West, comma, but still wishes him a happy birthday. Now, this, this young lady was married. This was her husband. Mm-hmm. They're recently divorced. Right. Why wouldn't she wish him a happy birthday? What makes that news? What makes that news worthy? Well, if someone's focused on the hype and the trauma, they want to know, well, what's the beef? You know, they don't they don't even want to look at it like things being normal and and amicable they're looking for that that drama and that's what drives reality tv and pop culture drama exactly that fight that was that was a waste to me of Mm -hmm. space yeah someone took the time to write that article i didn't even read the article i just read the headline and maybe I'm being judgmental because I didn't spend time reading the article. Maybe the article went into more depth about some other things that happened in the relationship that was significant, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't care. Yeah. And in defense of Ms. Kardashian, I don't see anything about her that would be any different. I mean, that seems to be her personality. She is, uh, she doesn't seem to be an angry, hateful person. I've never seen anything like that come out of her. I mean, I haven't followed her in detail, but she just doesn't seem to be about that kind of drama. So I can't see her just saying anything different. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. but but I mean, I, my thought is she she just divorced him. Right. She knows he's he's you know he has medical challenges. Correct. My guess is she still to some degree loves him. Of course. So wishing him a happy birthday is just a logical, reasonable thing. Yeah, why is that a big deal? Why is that newsworthy? <laughs> that's yeah, that's I'm like why? What Okay. So So that's why I avoid uh, uh pop culture stuff because a lot of it just seems to be you know highlighting things that are just normal, average, everyday things and turning it into something more sinister or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, has some underlying current to it or, you know, something more than she just said freaking happy birthday to somebody she spent, she has children with. Right, right. Now, where's the drama? Where, where is, is the hate? drama? What, you know, <laughs> why is that no newsworthy? That's just... That was just, all right. So anyway, 
I'm going to move on to another uh, trending topic that was on the Huffington Post. Uh, the Biden White House drops Trump orders trying to ban TikTok and WeChat. I know those are, are uh, pop culture things. I have watched video on TikTok uh, and, and I just, I, that's the, the most interesting place. I, interesting is a word I use when I, when I don't want to be in, in, when it's, when, so anyway, it's a um, unique site. I, I've seen some, I've seen some, you know, it, it's more than cat videos. I'll give it that. I don't, I don't follow WeChat. But I've seen TikTok and, uh, man, that's, so anyway, the, the idea, the idea was that, um, Donald Trump was banning, uh, TikTok. They had to sell, they weren't, they were telling them they had to sell their American, um, branch of TikTok because, uh, there was some concern uh, that our data was going to China and that they, they were going to use that in a way that would harm the American citizen. Now, understood that China is a foreign power yep. and there's a belief that TikTok and the Chinese military are, are you know, the Chinese military has some involvement with TikTok or at least can get to TikTok uh, if they want to, like United United States can issue a subpoena and go in and get all of Facebook's data and everything. Um, but they were they were willing to force China to sell or uh, the TikTok company to sell TikTok their American operations, but they won't touch Facebook. They won't touch YouTube. Mm -hmm. They won't touch Apple. They won't touch Microsoft. And these are multinational companies. Yeah. I was uh, thinking the same thing. You know, they, right off the bat, they jumped down on uh, TikTok. But what about Google? What about Apple? You know, that are they any better? We don't know what the government is doing with them. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that we don't know about. Sure. So, you and know, they're they're too big to begin with. Why why don't we break them up? Let's go into that question. Let's go yeah, into that question. Huh? Is that a problem? Are they too big, or or do they? Well, have no. Too let's much let's start. What should should we break them up? What why do you think we should break them up? What is breaking up? What what you what do you think that breaking up um, YouTube and and Facebook going to do for us as a society? Well, I don't know as much about these uh, the way these big monopolies work as you do, but I it seems to me that when they monopolize such a big segment of one part of um, technology, uh, they have a lot of control over. Things kind of like, kind of like Microsoft uh, forcing things down our, you know, throats every time we, you know, start the computer up. We got to take an update or whatever. We we need more options, uh, and we just don't get them because these companies control everything. They dominate everything, and then on top of that, they have so much money and resources. They're not even paying their fair share of taxes. You know, they're just robbing us everywhere you look at it, you know. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think it's very democratic, but then that's the way it's definitely capitalistic. So that's what we're under right now. I like that you brought up taxes. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting Again, I use that word when I'm um, trying to avoid being inflammatory. Uh, okay. Not all the time, but 
sometimes when I use into in, the word interesting, I'm okay. attempting to be on it uh, to not be inflammatory. There was when they were having the the tax the tax issue when they were, uh, when uh, the former president was in office and they were trying to put together the tax plan, and they were saying mm -hmm. by dropping those taxes that those large companies would then repatriate money that they had sitting in offshore banks because they didn't want to pay taxes on it to bring it back into this country. Mm -hmm. So a, a company that's doing business in the United States that is getting benefit from being a United, a United States company doesn't want to pay taxes on money that it should pay taxes on in this country. Right. So they're big enough that they can hide money offshore until they get, uh, until they get tax laws that they want. Now, when you go into business, you understand what your tax obligation is. You under, that's what you fill out your taxes for is to understand what your tax obligation is. And so they look at that tax obligation and goes, you know what? I don't want to pay that. Uh -huh. So I'm going to stick my money over here until, and then I'll hire um, lobbyists to lobby for tax laws favorable to me that I can then bring this money back and keep so much more of it than I did before. And if I want to expand in a state, I will ask for tax breaks so that I get, I get money from, from the government. I get tax money back. Um, mm -hmm. For doing business in that state, right? It's all about money. But but they're using the, the the instead of paying their fair share of taxes, like you mentioned, it is about. And so someone is going to say, "Well, the the tax code is too high." Well. I, as a normal citizen, would love to have all of my tax money back too. But that's a part of being a citizen. Mm -hmm. Well, corporations aren't people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, corporations are people when you look at the tax situation. Yes. Because people that own those corporations are not paying tax. And people are benefiting from those corporations but not paying taxes. And I think that's the, the whole point is that, yeah, corporations are people to a, to a certain extent in that they should be paying taxes and they are not. And those people that own those corporations are getting filthy rich and richer and richer. Right. I just, I, I, it, so, um, they, they earn profits offshore. They keep those profits offshore. They find ways to not pay when they, to pay taxes on it when they should. Yeah. Um, and, and these same companies want to hold the average citizen more responsible than they're willing to hold themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Why should you pay for something when you can make everybody else pay for it? And you can keep that money and buy an extra yacht, have more parties, you know, just stockpile money and pass it down to your kids and 
teach them all the ropes so that they can do the same thing. I Pay off the lobbyists so that they can continue to get favorable laws while we end up biting the dust, paying more taxes, looking for a stimulus check. You know, they're talking about how the stimulus check is um, driving inflation, but, you know, those people spending that stimulus money, they're they're at the bottom. They they basically don't have much, not used to having anything. So when they get that money, what do you think they're gonna do? It, it, you know, you put it in a bank and it's still <laughs> it's still not a whole lot of money. And it seems like they 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 criticize either way. Well, they're buying. They're buying Bitcoin. Oh, well, no, they're spending it, driving up inflation. What do you want them to do? Which, you know, <laughs> should they go to the grocery store? Look what happened with the meat when that um, the meat company got um, hacked. <laughs> we can't even afford uh, meat now. They had enough money to pay a few million to uh, for the ransom. But they didn't want to invest in enough uh, security to stop from being ha hacked. I don't know. That wasn't very smart business, was it? Uh, you are on fire today. You are on <laughs> fire today. You hit another topic that uh, uh, I'm really invested in, and that's inflation. Um, so as you mentioned... All of this money was handed to, I can say handed, it was uh, provided for to the public in order to mm -hmm. save an injured economy. So now all of this money is out there. And like you said, what did you expect these people to do with this money? Well, that's what they expected the people to do was spend the money. To spend the money. To spend the money. So now that the people spent the money, now they're saying inflation. <laughs> right. What, what do you mean? Because there's more money out there, now you, you want to raise prices. See, this is not a normal economy. So normal economic theory shouldn't necessarily... Um, be in use. That means you shouldn't have you shouldn't be able to raise your prices. Right. You shouldn't be able to raise you should not be able to raise your prices. That's a good point. I mean, the money was provided to stimulate the economy, but since the money's out there now, they want to jack us up cuz they want more. more of it. It's they out there. More. They want more. Greed. So we lose we losing a bunch of businesses because they can't get to the to money. So we right. we put enough we try to put money in the pocket of everybody, thinking that they're going to go spend it at a lot of different places and help save some of those other businesses that wasn't otherwise yeah. getting money. And then businesses start looking at well, there's a whole bunch of money out there. Let me go get some of it. So I'll jack up my prices. Mm -hmm. Because these people got money now. Right. It's crazy. Well, it's it's American greed. <laughs> or just plain greed, human greed, maybe. That's a that's okay. You're making your point. I'm I am well, other countries, other countries have had stimulus. So well, other countries have experienced it. Yeah, yeah, they've experienced that also. So the, the economic theory is um so if you have more dollars, you put more dollars, you have more dollars into the economy, then um then the price of goods are gonna go up because of that the value of the dollar is going to drop. So the value of the dollar is going to drop. So that means in order for me to, to keep making money at the same 
pace that I was making before, I have to raise my prices to adjust for that the value of the dollar has cheapened. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't buy as much. But the reason it doesn't buy as much is because prices went up. Right. So so I'm looking at, and, and I, I obviously, I'm not an economist, um, but just as you, what you have described to me does not make sense. I you don't get to just up. raise prices because people have money hmm. and call that fair. Fair is not part of the game. Fair is not, you, as you have stated, out of the mouth. You know, I first noticed that that problem when I saw gas prices go up based on uh, something that happened in the Middle East, a, 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 you know, they, a prediction of something that was coming. But what happened was before the price even went up from the seller's uh, pocket, he was already raising the prices on what he already had <laughs> before he had to pay more. Now, how do you justify that? I get, I just, I just filled my tanks the other day. Two weeks from now, the price may go up a little bit, but I'm going to raise my price right now. <laughs> That's what I saw the gas stations doing. And I'm like, Hmm, this is kind of crooked now, <laughs> but they, they got away with it. So what can you say? That's- I, I think if enough people start to see and start asking questions, mm-hmm. we will start to unravel some of this stuff because Empl- uh, because companies don't have to tell you how they came up with their prices. Right. No, they don't. And so, like you said, so the price of oil went up in the Middle East. You've got reserves of oil, and yet you're passing the price increase on the oil you already have that you haven't mm-hmm had to acquire any new oil yet exactly such as you've got toy manufacturers who um, have to get raw materials from someplace Mm -hmm. there's uh, there's political strife or economic strife in that area where they need to get the materials so they jack up the price on materials they already have Yep. In anticipation uh-huh. that that any new materials are going to cost them more. But but why yeah. is that justification for the price increase on what you already have, what you've already produced, what's already in stock? Yeah. When they hacked that uh, meat production production place. Were, weren't they raising the prices on the meat that was already in the store or already in warehouses that wasn't even coming from them? I I I, I didn't follow that story very closely, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, see to you on this. I'm I not bet sure. You they, I, I don't know, but I, I'm I bet you they were. Since we don't eat a lot of meat, I can I couldn't really say, hey, I saw beef go up, blah blah blah. But I bet you it it went up before. The, in uh, anticipation of right, uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's what <laughs> that is. That is one of the things that I'm following is the trends, in and I, I think I mentioned it. We we did a, a podcast, um, heart of the matter, and I called it uh, uh, billionaire bullshit. Uh, right, that was when um, 
Berkshire Hathaway uh, was raising prices. And I was saying, you know, how, how do you raise prices in a pandemic when you've, when the economy has taken a hit like it took? Uh, how do you justify raising prices? So uh, I'm going to take this last five minutes. I'm going to leave that there. It's part of the, uh, the goal of the, con- the podcast is to get people to think about things, join the conversation. Please you know, give us your take on it. Um, help us out. Uh, for those of you out there that are uh, economists or budding economists or, or uh, um, amateur economists, help us out with this one. Uh, the last thing I wanted to get to, so Firefox recently updated. And I'm, I'm getting older, but I don't, I don't push back on change just because I'm getting older, just because I want things to stay the same. I don't mind change. One of the things that's important to me is I set up a way for me to work I set up the colors, I set up the uh, location of things, you know, toolbar over here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I put that in place because it it makes my work more efficient. I don't have to mm-hmm. look around for things. I don't have to search and hunt. Firefox had a new update. Their new update changed everything. Changed the mm-hmm. look and feel, changed the tabs, changed the look of the tabs. And now I'm looking around and say, well, okay, where's the button that says make it look like it used to look? It's not there. (laughs) It's not there. Now, in order to get back what I had before, I got to download another add-on, which means Mm -hmm. I have to place another person in between me and what I was doing. So that, that takes down my level of security to get what I had before so that I can continue to work the way I was before. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a trap, doesn't it? This morning, there was an update. I did an update yesterday on Windows 10. Come in, starts getting ready for uh, the podcast. There's this new weather stuff on my taskbar. I didn't ask for that shit on my right. taskbar. I know. So now I got to figure out how to undo that. And every time an update comes, I feel anxious because my concern is they're going to change something else. Yeah. And then I will go into resetting everything the way I need it to be so that I can continue to work in the manner that and have my workflow the way it's supposed to be. As far as the browser goes, now are are you using Chrome right now? I use I use three browsers. I use Chrome, uh, Firefox, and uh, Brave. I use three browsers for for different things. Hmm? For for the messenger rooms, I use I use Chrome and I use um, Brave. Both of them. Okay. Work with Messenger. Have you noticed any? strange notifications coming from Chrome now that you didn't get before? Such as? Just little pop-ups, notification pop-ups on the screen for different stuff. Chrome is doing that to me now. I don't know. I don't recall asking for these notifications, but I had to figure out how to disable it because I wasn't getting them before. Now, all of a sudden, when I open up Chrome, here's a pop-up. Here's a pop-up, a notification about something. No, I can't. I can't. I can't think of. It. I do. I do everything I can to eliminate all the pop-ups and. Right. So I've got. Um, I use a, uh, ad blocker, so that I don't have to weed through tons of of, advertisements popping up at me, coming at me from different angles, starting videos in the background, that kind of yeah. stuff, so that I can just get work done. Um, and then. And then I go to a site and they say, you got to, in order to use this site, you got to stop your ad blocker. Yeah. So now I've got 
Now I can't use that site because I'm not, I am not uninstalling or turning off my ad blocker because it's the only way I can surf the internet without being harassed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I try to support sites. Uh, I donate to sites that I can. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to donate when I can. There's times I just don't have, I can't donate to every last one. And, no. and I get, I get the fact that you have to eat just like I have to eat. Um, but you know, I have to do what I have to do just as you have to do what you have to do. So, mm. <laughs> all right, let me do the, I, I, you know, I forgot there was one thing I wanted to get to. You had, uh, you know, I, I don't even know if I want to mention that graphic. So, so Warren come, ran across a graphic of this woman pumping gas. So she had the, the gas pump in one hand and she had a pistol in the other hand. I don't, I don't know if that was, you know, created, you know, somebody did that as a joke, but, um, but he mentioned that and it, and that went along with an article that I was going to bring up um, here in St. Louis, a 17 year old was shot and hospitalized for trying to steal a tip jar. So he went into a business, tried to grab the tip jar. A customer accosted him. They got into an argument with a customer and somebody shot him. 17 year old over a tip jar. So, so, so first, no, the person should not have been trying to steal the tip jar. Nope. But should somebody get shot over stealing a tip jar? I would think not. Should you have a tip jar when you're pay paying your people uh, uh, living, uh, when you're paying your people not as tipped way, uh, tipped uh, help? So tipping right. is allowed for certain professions. It is not allowed for everybody. So you go into a store to buy something, a donut shop, and they have a tip jar out there. That's an illegal tip jar. Yeah. Because you're, the, there's, those tips are supposed to be reported as income. And if you are not in a tipping position, you should not be asking for tips. Tips is businesses are allowed certain positions as tipping positions, which means that the employer can pay a less than minimum wage and guarantee right. that the tips will make up the difference so that they at least reach minimum wage. It is not for people who are at or above minimum wage or who are not in a tipping position. Hmm. So that being the case, you think they ought to investigate the wages that this uh, company is paying? Well, so the story, I it I brought it up because I believe we have we have legitimized believing that tipping should be a standard part of pay. Right. And it's, it shouldn't be. It is, it is not legally that way. Tipping was, in, was implemented as a way to reduce costs and allow people to um, say as a gratuity, say thank you for waiting on me and serving me and allowing me to sit on my butt and you have helped me. And now we're trying to make it mandatory. Right. So you get a delivery person who's making at or above minimum wage and they want to, they want uh, the DoorDash and the other delivery companies, Instacart want to uh, push tipping at you. And tipping is should not is not mandatory nowhere. 
should it be mandatory? Mm-hmm. Nowhere should it be mandatory. Tipping is a gratuity. It's something you add if you choose to. So what is minimum wage here now? Seven, eight? It was eight. seven and a quarter last I heard. That was the national. Right. Yeah, that's the problem right there, right off the, the bat. It it should be a lot more than that. Well, I mean, that's an, I think that you that's another discussion. I didn't want to get into that discussion yet. Yeah, it is. It's but, another discussion. Yeah. Yeah, discussion about wages. But I mean, so we got a 17 year old that's been shot. And I'm not minimizing or ignoring that this 17 this year old did something wrong, illegal, and should have been arrested and should be held accountable for that. Should they be shot? is a total another story over something that should not have been there in the first place. That I have an issue with. Yeah. All righty, Warren, I'll give you the last shot at uh, some earth-shaking, world-rattling revelation and then we're going to get out of here for today. Tomorrow we've got um, August Jade Sterling, an author of a romance novel. We're going to break that down and talk to her tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Time right here on Altitude Adjustment. So take us out of here, Warren. All right. I just want to say be safe, be good, and do not steal. And do that's a good one tomorrow that concludes this episode of altitude adjustment and thank you for listening this podcast is streamed live on youtube and twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction visit the website the lion's den stl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion the audio version of altitude adjustment is available where you get your podcasts including stitcher.com the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment, because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.